Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is Joe McCall, and this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Super glad you're here. And uh, we got a great show today. I asked Whitney if she wouldn't mind me interviewing her and talking with her about how she's doing business. And um, we met for the first time in Nashville, Tennessee. Was it a year ago, Whitney? No, it was just this winter. It feels like a year ago, but it was just, I mean, seven or eight months ago. Yeah, that's right. It was a uh, story brand workshop. Story brand is a company that kind of helps you just clarify your message. And um, I'm embarrassed to admit that I've not implemented everything yet. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was such a good workshop. And uh, man, I'm still like I'm just mad at myself for not <laughs> implementing all that stuff yet. But anyway, if you guys are interested to go check out StoryBrand, just Google it. So Whitney, how are you? I'm doing great. How about you today, Joe? Doing awesome. Uh, first thing, guys, I want to tell you, if you go to realestateinvestingmastery.com, you get all the show notes, you get a lot of our transcriptions, and uh, you're going to get a lot of the, you know, Whitney, I'm sure is going to have some links and some stuff to share with you and some resources, and so you can get all that in the show notes. But please don't forget, leave us a review in iTunes if you like the show. Leave us a review on iTunes. I released a podcast a few weeks ago, and I called it uh, Leave a Review, Get Cool Stuff. And so the, what we did is if you leave a review on iTunes, and we're not asking for positive reviews. It can be any review. Let us know. And in that post, I showed you if you leave a review, we'll send you a couple free books, and we'll send you some videos of an all-day Saturday workshop that I did in Colorado Springs about uh, lease options. And I know you'll love it. you get a lot of good value out of it. So please go to iTunes, leave a review. If you're into Google Play and Stitcher, you can leave reviews there too, I think. I'm not sure. But um, cool. So Whitney, we don't know each other that well, but we met at the workshop and you were friends with Tom Kroll. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's true. And where do you live? I'm in Knoxville, Tennessee. I was going to guess down south because of your accent. <laughs> yeah, it gives me away. <laughs> Boy, it's a beautiful part of Tennessee, isn't it? Oh, I love it. I think it's God's country. I've been born and raised there. I went to college there, and I just love it. It's home sweet home to me. <laughs> nice. And you do a lot of real estate, and you do a lot of lease options, I think. Well, I don't. I think do. I, know. I don't. I don't do quite as many as you do, I don't believe, but I did about 57 in the last three years. And now I am in the process of having, mm, I call them boomerangs where they come back to me. You know, my tenant buyers okay. move out, I get them back and uh -huh. I put them back out into the world and go again, but I don't have to find new sellers this time. Nice. Nice. All right. So Whitney, let's go back a little bit. You're okay. in East Tennessee in Knoxville. and um, you, how'd you get started in real estate? I'm 
fourth generation entrepreneur. My family, my great grandfather started a dump truck company in 1939. So when I graduated college, I went to work for the family company. And on the side, you know, our books come from trucks, but on the side, we would use those books to buy houses and commercial properties and landfills and just anything that we could find in our little honey hole. So I come from a real estate investor family. And I, I mean, I grew up knowing that money came in the mailbox every month, but I didn't know how it got there. And then when I got in my twenties, I was like, wait a second, I don't have any money coming in. How do I get started? Mm -hmm. So I went out and bought some land, used money and bought some land and started renting it. And I had money coming in. And then I was like, well, now I need houses. And so I went out and spent all my money and bought some houses. And then I was out of money, still wanted to go buy stuff. And that's when lease options came in. And I went from two houses to 14 houses once I started not using my money. It was a good thing, too, because I was out. <laughs> what, what, well, what year was that when you started buying houses? 14. So 2014. 2014, three years ago. All right. And so you were buying land before? Yes. I bought my first piece of land December of 12. And then in 13, I bought some more land and I bought two houses. But in 14 is when I really turned it on and started going. So why are we buying land? I'm curious about that because I've had this fascination with land investing myself the last year. Well, I was I, I hang out at auctions and at auctions you can't get creative financing. You have to use money. And they were selling land at one of the auctions I was hanging out at. And it was just like a thousand bucks. Some pieces were $500. And I thought, well, if I'm going to learn how to figure this thing out, I might as well put $1,000 down and buy something. So I did end up paying $1,200 for 1.07 acres in a failed subdivision out in the middle of nowhere in Tennessee. It was in Decatur, and I thought Decatur was in Georgia. Like, I had no idea what I was buying, <laughs> but I bought it, and when we got to closing week, because it was just 1200 bucks, so there wasn't any financing or anything, the lady that I bought it from, I ended up being at a foreclosure auction. Like, this is how clueless I was when I started, and she had agreed to pay $69,000 for the same lot that I gave 1200 for. So I figured out then that even if I just kept it and held on to it, other people in the subdivision had paid thirty or forty or a hundred thousand dollars in cash for the same lot that I just paid twelve hundred dollars for. Wow. So I went to all sorts of auctions for the next six months, just buying everything I could for a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks. And um, so I still have that piece. I haven't done anything with it. I just pay my taxes. They're like 30 bucks a year and I just roll on with it. No big deal. But one of the other pieces I bought was a half acre of industrial land in the city of Knoxville. And I didn't know what I was doing with it at the time either, but we cleared it off and I was, I was helping my mom flip some houses. So I was just downtown flirting with the codes inspectors. And I told them that I bought this piece on Prosser road and they got to look in and they were like, Oh, you know, you didn't just get that. You actually have this driveway too. And I was like, well, that's great. What am I going to do with the driveway? And they were like, well, don't you have a neighbor? And I said, yeah, he's driving on that driveway every day. And they said, well, rent it for, get him to rent it from you. And I was like, well, duh, Whitney. So I went over to my neighbor and they're like a fortune 500 company. And I'm just this little real estate girl, just kind of be bopping around. And I was like, Hey, you're driving on my driveway and I want some rent. And they're like, no, 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 no. That's not how this works. And I was like, okay, we'll have it surveyed and tell me what you find out. Because I'd already had it surveyed. And I had the driveway that they were driving on. And so they called me back in a couple of weeks. They're like, uh, yes, Miss Nicely. Totally different attitude this time, right? <laughs> we have had that property on Prosser Road surveyed and we're driving on your side of the driveway. And we'd like to give you $250 a month for rent. 
wow. to have access to the back of our property. And this this whole thing took about three, four, five months. And I was like, okay, but I want back rent from the time I've owned this property. And they were like, okay, no problem. <laughs> and then I was like, and I want you to maintain the driveway. Like, don't call me if you need any gravel. I mean, call my mom. She'll bring you some gravel, but I don't want to have to put it in. They're like, yeah, no problem. And I said, and I want you to pay my taxes like 50 bucks a year. And they're like, sure, no problem. So I ended up negotiating a triple net lease. I didn't even know what that was. But I am all in, all done. As soon as I got that first check, they gave me like $1,500. So I had all my money back and I was like, all right, now we're on to something. Nice. And by the way, everybody, I forgot to tell you, Whitney's last name is Nicely. <laughs> and so she, <laughs> you can tell she's very nice, but she doesn't play <laughs> around. She doesn't mess around. And nope. uh, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's really what got the ball rolling. So have you ever done land, like vacant land of five acres out in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee, and flipped that? No, I, I keep it. I like to think of land as better than the stock market, because if you put, you know, a thousand or five thousand dollars into, let's say, bitcoins, who knows what's going to happen with that? But if I can go and buy land for a thousand or five thousand dollars, I'll keep it because eventually somebody will want it. Hmm. But what you know, you could sell it on owner financing. And I would love to do that. I have been buying, though, where I could rent it. So not really out in the middle of nowhere. That first piece I have is completely out in the middle of nowhere. But now I try to buy it where I can immediately rent it. So I'm trying to buy commercial or industrial vacant land, not agricultural residential, but where I can rent it to somebody who needs a car lot or they need some outside storage or they just need a place to park their trucks overnight or, you know, something where I don't have to build anything and nobody's going to build on it, but it's always going to be needed. Okay. Okay. So 2014, you start buying houses. Yep. And what did you do in 2015? I bought more houses and then I got into apartment complexes. What? Yeah. Wow. So um, in 2014, at the end of 2014, I, I I was on like my 12th deal, I think. And my boyfriend at the time was still like, this isn't possible. You're never going to be successful. This doesn't work. Nobody's going to want to deal with you. And I was like, dude, I've done 12 deals. This I've is made, your boyfriend who was telling you this? Yeah. I've made over a hundred grand. I've, I mean, like how... How can you even say that to me? Are you still and, are you still boyfriend? <laughs> well, we we broke up in a Krispy Kreme parking lot on the way to one of my open houses. <laughs> and I sent him packing back to Georgia. And I pretty much told him that he was either going to have to get on board with real estate because I was not, I mean, I wasn't going to quit. I'd done 12 deals. Come on, dude. And you were either going to have to get on board or you're going to have to go away. Like I can't listen to this negativity anymore. And so he got on board and in 2015, we bought three apartment complexes together and got married. Okay. So he changed, he had a change of heart. (laughs) It wasn't exactly an ultimatum, but I couldn't listen to that crap anymore, Joe. Is he, (laughs) he doesn't say those. Well, never mind. This isn't, he he works for me now. He's answering (laughs) my phone calls for me now. (laughs) Well, you give him a high five for me, would you, when you see Yeah, him? I give him a little bit of that every day for breakfast. <laughs> okay. Just to remind him where we came from. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you start buying houses, you start buying apartment buildings. Do you still own those? I do, yes. Uh, we still own those. So when I was buying houses, I would use my non-refundable option fees, right? And I would take that money and pay off houses. 
So I had quite a few that I had free and clear, but, but I had them sold back out on lease options. So I was paying them off with other people's money, not going to Vegas with my option fees or anything like that. And so I had a really nice house that I had free and clear. And we pulled a line of credit on that house to use as the down payment on our apartment complexes. So we used the cash flow from the apartments to pay off the line of credit and to pay off the mortgage. And, you know, the goal is we we like to self-fund stuff. I don't have a whole bunch of private money partners or I don't, you know, raise capital or anything like that. So whenever I get my line of credit paid off to where we can go buy bigger apartment complexes, we're going to do that. So we're on a slow and steady plan to take over East Tennessee. <laughs> well, good for you. You're using traditional bank financing then. Yes, because he had a really nice W-2 job at the time. So we got a mortgage on those. Okay. So we don't have any of our own technical money in on it because we did the line of credit thing. Don't you find that's just maybe sometimes a little easier than messing with private money or hard money? I tried private money and I understand that, you know, it's a great way to do things, but I'm selfish and I don't like other people in the middle of my business that much. Hmm. And I just, if I can self-fund it or get private, uh, get owner financing or lease option, and I don't have to deal with anybody else, I go that route every time. So I, I've never been part of a big private money situation. Okay. All right. Good. Good for you. So you, are you still buying houses or are you doing some wholesaling? What are you kind of doing these days? One wholesale deal. And I was kicking myself all over town yesterday for actually letting that thing go. I don't like letting anything go. I'm a control freak. I want to keep it forever and ever. Amen. And <laughs> so my one wholesale deal was on an apartment complex in a really bad neighborhood. It was condemned. I only made $3,000. And I am the vocal one in the real estate investing community talking about don't wholesale. I'm sorry. I know. I know. But I don't like it. So I don't wholesale. I try to keep everything or, you know, get somebody that's going to get pre-approved and get a mortgage and they can go on and live a happy life. Fine. Uh -huh. But I like to keep everything. So, no, I don't wholesale. And this year I've actually been using my option money again. And I've bought I've only done three houses this year. So when you, one, when you say option money, what do you what do you mean by that? Clarify that again. Okay. So like when we have a lease option on a property and I do sandwich lease options, so I get a lease option and then I sell it back out on a lease option. Okay. So people give me 10 or 15 or $40,000 to move into this house and that's mine. It's a non-refundable option fee. So with that money, I can use that money to go buy other houses or pay off other houses or, you know, go to Vegas or get my nails done or do whatever, but I use it for more real estate investing. <laughs> How much does um, it cost year, to get so your got, How much does it cost to get your nails done? I'm just curious. <laughs> 20 bucks. <laughs> and get a lot of nails done on an option fee. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, good. But well, this year I've bought I've only done 3 deals this year. I've only bought 3 houses this year. I've I've done some lease options, but one of them I paid $2500 for, another one I paid $3000 for it, and then I splurged and bought another house for 5500. So I've been trying the uh, sad houses this year and it's been, it's been fun, but I've decided I really like the happy houses better. I like the hundred, hundred and twenty thousand dollar houses better than the little dinky ones. I've never heard anybody refer to them as sad and happy houses. They're, they are. They're just kind of sad. You know, you drive by and you just go, oh, that thing just needs some love. <laughs> and it's a happy house. Okay. So what, what price range is a happy house? 
Well, in Knoxville, our market pretty much takes a nosedive at 150 or 160. So between 100, 120, maybe up to 150. They're happy little houses. You know, people call them pretty houses, but they're just, you know, waiting on somebody else to come through and be happy. And then the sad houses are kind of like crack houses. You know, I don't I don't even go in them. But if you were in them, you could see outside through the cracks in the floors, through the cracks in the wall. They're just cracked like an egg. And, you know, we buy the first, sad houses. <laughs> the first house that I bought like that this year, I was just talking to my yard guy, the guy that mows the yard here. And I was like, hey, you know, anybody that's got any houses? And he was like, I got 13. I was like, really? Do you have any empty houses? And he was like, I've got two. You want them? I said, sure. So I worked out an owner finance deal with him. I was going to give him 6000 for each house over like two or three years. So you can, I mean, little dinky houses. And the neighbor, I started with the pretty house, the pretty one, and it, it had been on fire, <laughs> which tells you how ugly the ugly one is. Uh-huh. And I found the neighbor who gave me $5,000 down as a non-refundable option fee, and I was selling in the house for $12,000. And I called my seller before I got it all done. I said, hey, if I just give you cash, how much will you take? And he said, I'll take three grand. So these people gave me five. I just took three of it, and I cashed him out. And now they still owe me $7,000 in monthly income. Nice. So you're getting some good passive monthly income from that. So, you know, we talk about you and I, I I see people like us and us saying this all the time, that you don't need money. You don't need credit to buy houses. And you really don't. People will give you money to buy houses. Yeah. I could have wholesaled that deal. That would have been a great wholesale, right? They gave me 5,000. I would have gave my seller three. I would have kept two and be done. But I didn't. And instead of making two thousand, I'm going to make nine thousand. Okay. Now, you you like to hold things and keep them. Yep. So, do you, can you give us approximate number of how many houses you own now? I've got nineteen right now. Nineteen. You've got nineteen awesome. houses and nineteen apartment doors. That's really good. So, a total of thirty-eight doors. Yep. Yep. And then I've got that land that pays me too. So, I'm pushing fifty. Paying properties. Nice. And can you give us like a range of what kind of cash flow you're getting? Um, on the apartments, all of our apartment deals bring in like, I think, 12 grand a month. No, can't bring in that much. There's only 19 of them. So 10. They bring in right at 10, just under 10 a month. Right and then the houses bring me about, I get about 10 a month off those also. And then the land's just about... Uh, three or four thousand a month so i'm not at that's cash that's cash flow that's that's total that's gross okay that's your gross all right so you're probably i don't know the net okay somebody does though (laughs) i did yeah my accountant does she sends me the list every every month on the 14th good for you it's it's very good money that's that's what it is and um good for you so you know that's that's the definition of getting out of the rat race isn't it whitney i mean yeah. You look at your your I'm sure your monthly expenses aren't crazy and mm-hmm. except you know when you go out and get your nails done once in a while <laughs> and your your income is you probably are out of the rat race you don't have to work do you No I I go out and buy houses when I feel like it and you know I I know you talk to a lot of people and they're doing 100 grand a month and they're buying 100 houses a month and that sounds fun but it also sounds like a lot of work uh-huh. and it sounds like I would be missing out on a lot of other things that I like to do, like a monthly vacation. 
mm-hmm. or, you know, just hanging out and watching the birds, drinking coffee in the morning. Like, I get it. I understand more money, more money, more money, but I'm yeah. really happy with what I have and what I've got going on and what I'm able to do with what I have. Nice. That's a great I'd love to have a hundred grand a month and I'll get there eventually. You know, I'm, I'm 32 right now. I fully plan on retiring when I'm 35. So, you know, I got three more years to get to it. What a great business this is, isn't it? You can, I don't yes. know any other business besides real estate that you can retire at 35 and you've been at it for only a couple of years. Yes. Yes. And, you know, the thing is, it's, there's some magic. God's got a great sense of humor. When you say, no, it's cool. I, I don't want any more. That's when you get flooded with leads, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that's so true. Reti- I'll be Michael Jordan. I'll come out of retirement four or five times. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you mind if I ask, do you, do you have kids yet? I don't, not yet. I have stepkids. So that's, you know, when I turn 35, I'll be ready to, you know, whatever it is I'm making every month will be good. And hopefully we'll have all the houses paid off by then. So it'll really be cash flow and I can mom full time. Do you, uh, you like country music? I do. One of my favorite songs is uh, Toby Keith's Get You Some. Yeah. (laughs) Some kids. Get You Some Kids, Rugrats. Yep. That's that's cool, though, because you're taking these monthly vacations. That's the yeah. reason I asked the question is because, like, how do you do that with kids? <laughs> but that, I love that. Why not? Who says that you have to you can only take two weeks of vacation a year? Oh, no way. Oh. No way. Oh, I, and I, I I just I like it, too, because, you know, if we go to the beach, I can go and I'll call Fisbos while we're there. I would oh. love to have a place at the beach. And as much as we go. I'll eventually stumble upon some seller who will let me lease option their house and it'll be just kind of a awesome thing. And then I can Airbnb it and have a place to go when I'm there. And, you know, there, there's other things to do. And we could talk about marketing and how to get all these leads in and going. But it's also about getting to where you want to be and then, you know, growing. But it's yeah. not always about killing it. It's about having a simple business, isn't it? I really like that. Yes. Having a simple business creating a vision for your life and then building a business around that. Yeah. You know? And having your systems in place so you can take a vacation every month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so good. So good. Now you said you've only bought a few houses this year so far. Is there a particular reason why, or are you just, are you not marketing as heavily as you used to? My husband lives in Georgia and I have been in Georgia a lot more this year. I live in Knoxville. All our houses, all our properties are in Georgia. I mean, in Tennessee. And I was just on the road a lot. And so we've been married for almost two years now, but we've only lived together for about six months. So we've been, you know, vacationing and going to kids events and buying some houses and I've been coaching a lot more. So, you know, just life, I guess. It's not that I haven't wanted to buy houses. It's just that I've had my focus on family life instead. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So what are some of your favorite ways to buy houses? I've heard you mention lease options a couple of times. You doing, do you like sandwich lease options? I do. I love them. Tell me why. Uh, Because I love them too, but not too many people do them and I don't understand why. They're so much fun, aren't they? I mean, you find sellers if who are highly done, motivated. If they're done right. They're so yes. Much fun. Okay. Yes, that's true. But I 
I have a, when I started in 2014, I wanted to talk to anybody and everybody who would talk to me. And I figured out really quick that I really only need to be talking to people who were making two payments on houses, one house that was empty or one house where they were a landlord, but they didn't really want to be a landlord. Uh-huh. And there was some friction in the marriage. And so when I started talking to people that had houses that were empty and they were just making mortgage payments on it or people that were accidental landlords and didn't really want to be a landlord, that's when I didn't have to talk to 100 people every week. I only had to talk to five or six. And a lot of times I could find those people from yellow letters or I could find them from Facebook and just being mouthy on Facebook and telling my friends on Facebook who I'm looking for, what kind of houses I'm looking for, and then them connecting me with their friends. So it was all word of mouth stuff or, you know, yellow letters. And I'd send out a letter that says, hey, I want to buy your house. Call me. Mm -hmm. But I don't do I don't do postcards. I don't do a three letter drip. I usually on one mailing, I can get three or four houses. And so I don't have to do I don't have to bang my head against a wall trying to find new, fresh marketing methods. Well, that's the cool thing about doing lease options, right? Because you don't have to have a ton of equity and these are happy houses. So a lot Mm -hmm. of investors are ignoring them, right? Yep. Yep. By the way, you know, I've, I've spoken at the RIA in Knoxville. I just remembered about that was like six or six years ago. Mm -hmm. Who is the guy who leads it? Victor Jernigan does now. He is amazing. He's a great investor, but I don't know who was in charge of it back then because i think victor got it from somebody else i forget his name nice guy likes to fish Hmm. but anyway so you you don't have to have super desperate motivated sellers right they they don't even have to have a lot of equity right right absolutely they just got to have a little problem and so there is you have competition in knoxville it's not a big town but you've got other wholesalers there other investors that are competing against their deals and i'm sure I hear this all over the country. They're complaining about how competitive it is now and uh, how response rates to direct mail have been plummeting, right? Eh, blah, blah, blah. As long as we keep repeating those bad rumors, people are going to keep believing it. Okay. <laughs> so your your favorite source of marketing uh, is just networking, right? And yeah. And a little bit of direct mail. And when we talk about competition, if everybody wants to buy in West Knoxville and all my, you know, everybody at the RIA, they're all complaining because everybody's in West Knoxville and blah, 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 blah. Well, just don't go to West Knoxville. Okay. And that's what I did. I went one county over. I don't even like going to West Knoxville. I didn't even deal with East Knoxville when I got started. I went two counties over and I was literally like the only person out there sending letters. Wow. So... Can you still do, because I'm looking at Knoxville here. Knox County is the name of the county, right? Yes, sir. So you've got Knoxville. The city of Knoxville has a population of 187,000. Is that right? That can't be right. It might be right. But the, the, city? Whole, the whole county is about 450,000. Yes. Which is only a little bit smaller than Memphis. Ugh. <laughs> I, I, would, I would echo that. memphis is crazy yeah okay so it's a medium-sized market Mm -hmm. but uh and and the median home price i was looking here it's about one hundred and sixty thousand dollars in the county so your happy spot is the homes like 100 to one hundred and sixty thousand. is that right yep 
So you're when you're targeting doing some direct mail, what what kind of list do you like to send to? I send to absentee owners and I don't care about how much they paid for it. I look to see if they bought it between 1989 and 2009. Okay. Why, you know, because if you can do houses that don't have much equity, why not send just to all the absentee owners? I think, you know, there's some magic that happened in the world in 07, 08, 09. And the people that still have their house since then may have gone through enough life that they just don't want it anymore. And they've just been thinking they're at a magic spot now that they're thinking about getting rid of it. Mm-hmm. Because what is it, a seven year itch? So they've had it long enough now that they've been through some good tenants. Maybe they've been through some bad tenants. But when I approach them, they're more likely to say, okay, yeah. It's not that they just got it and they're new and it's exciting and all this stuff. They're a little bit more worn out on it. Uh And so I don't want just anybody and everybody. And if they've had it prior to 1989, uh, there's a good chance that now it's it's fluffed down and they've inherited it and they're like me. They're just going to let it rent until it rots. Okay. And you said something interesting. You normally everybody's complaining about the competition in West Knoxville, so you just you just created uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? A honey hole. <laughs> I wasn't looking for that, but you you found a new honey hole to invest in. Now, how far out is this market that you're now targeting? Well, the thing is, in West Knoxville, that's where a lot of jobs are. That's where a lot of people are. That's where they're building the new schools. If you look at a heat map, you'll see there's just a lot of activity in West Knoxville. But I lived in East Knoxville already. My office, my trucking company that I was, you know, the family company was out in Jefferson County. It was just as far east as West Knoxville. So why would I go down there in the middle of all of where everybody else is fighting over deals when I could go clear out to the country And be my own little person in my own sandbox. Uh So I created a honey hole where I lived and where I worked. Which is more of the eastern part of Knoxville. Is that right? Yep. Okay. The reason I'm asking is like how far out do you go? I was – let me tell you, give you a little context of this. I'm in this mastermind. And just last week I was talking to some people that were there. And I don't know if you've ever heard of Jonesboro, Arkansas. Small little town, way smaller than Knoxville. And these are realtors and investors, these guys. They do both, realty work and, and investing stuff. And uh, they are crushing it right now. They're doing six-figure mm-hmm. months with rehabs, mm-hmm. just wholesaling and listings in a small little town. And, and it just blows me away. And I've thought about this a lot. You know, I think everybody is so focused in on the big markets, you know. But yep. they, and they don't look outside the city to look for other places where they could potentially target. There's a lot more areas. There's greater margins on the outskirts in the burbs uh-huh. because a lot of people want the same benefits as being, you know, where the hot spots are, but they, they know they can't afford it. So if you can create that outside and be, you know, a big fish in a small pond, you absolutely, you'll have no competition. You'll be able to, you know, pretty much do and get whatever you, you want because you're the best thing around. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. So, so Whitney, what kind of advice do you give to somebody who wants to maybe look into lease options and start, you know, targeting, making those kinds of offers? 
Well, I tell everybody, you know, a lease option is really just a really fancy rental agreement that gives me the right to buy the property in however long, five or 10 years at a price we agree upon today. I mean, does that sound right? Yeah. How, how much long or how long do you normally try to get? Five or 10 years. Okay, good. And we can overcomplicate it and we can make it really big and fancy. But as long as you can understand that and people understand, you know, if you got a house and you got a mortgage on it, nobody would think it was weird if you rented that out to somebody. Mm-hmm. Nobody would think it was weird if you decided to sell it. So a lease option just combines renting and selling in the same piece of paper or the same, you know, paperwork. Mm-hmm. And when you can explain it to people like that, they go, oh, okay, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, I know. (laughs) I've been doing lease options with a bunch of rednecks in East Tennessee. They understand it. We're good. Let's go. (laughs) Surely all the fancy people can understand it now. Real quick though, because I know you got to go. What kind of numbers are you looking at when you make an offer on a lease option? How much equity do you have to have? How much cash flow do you need to have? I have to win two out of three ways. I either have to win on the purchase price Or if I'm given, you know, a bigger purchase price than I want, then I need a lower monthly payment than what they were going to be comfortable with. Or I need, you know, most of the time I do it with no money down. I don't give my sellers anything. That way, you know, if I get 10 or 15,000 from my tenant buyer, then I make money there. There's three different ways to make money in lease options on the down payment, the monthly payment and the total purchase price. Most of the time when we talk to people, And we talk about real estate, it's more like the stocks, you know, you want to buy low and sell high. But when we've got time to make a spread of money, then there's, you know, three different ways we can make money. Yeah. And so so I don't, I just want to win two out of three ways. I want to make three or $400 a month, or I want to, you know, get no money down, or I want to create a big spread between what I can buy it for and what I can sell it for. Nice. And all in, all total, I like to make thirty or forty thousand on every deal. I love that because you can present that to the seller and say, "Well, you know, it doesn't oh, matter yeah. to me. You pick. I have to have at least two of these things. I'm not sure how you would phrase that yet, but well, I I give three offers every time I look at a property. I give a cash offer. I give a wholesale offer. It's just that nobody ever takes me up on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I give them, you know, usually a lot more money and some monthly income on five years. Or the third option is for ten years. Oh, so those are your And so two I offers. break it down into three columns. Yep. Two lease option offers and one cash offer every time I look at a house. So I only have to look at five or six houses a week to make what? Three. I mean, a lot of offers, 15 <laughs> offers, 20 offers. Nice. I don't have to look at 20 houses. If I do, I'm making 60 offers. Nice. So simple. It's really, really simple, isn't it, Whitney? Keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. Nice. And it'll be more fun. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Well, cool, Whitney. How can people get a hold of you and uh, get more information about you? My website is WhitneyNicely.com. Whitney Nicely. Let's spell that for everybody. W-H-I-T-N-E-Y. Whitney. Nicely. (laughs) Nicely done. Nicely done. There you go. Whitney Houston, nicely done. (laughs) My auction company is nicely done auctions. Okay. So that's the best way to get a hold of you, WhitneyNicely.com? 
Yeah. And from there, you can join my Facebook group. I'm pretty mouthy on Facebook and do a lot of lives and stuff like you do and try to have some fun with real estate investing. Well, you definitely have more fun than I do. You're more fun and entertaining than I am. So, <laughs> I get them stirred up sometimes, don't I? Yeah, good for you. <laughs> well, good. Thank you so much for taking the time, Whitney, to chat with us. It's been a this pleasure. This is great. Thanks, Joe. And uh, maybe I'll see you at the next Story Brand Workshop. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully before then. <laughs> All right. Take care. Guys, don't forget, uh, go to Real Estate Investing Mastery to get the show notes, to get the link to Whitney's page. And uh, she's got some really good stuff on Facebook. She's, uh, she's fun and entertaining to watch. And so hook, her up on, hook up with her on Facebook and say hello to her for me. All right? Let her know that you heard us on the show. And we appreciate it, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Whitney. Whitney. 